Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. And that's the name of it. Kinda does what it says on the tin. We are missing a host, ladies and gentlemen. It's a sad time, but I'm assured he'll be back, raring to go for next week. Fear not though. Paul and Stuart here, and they're going to take you through the choppy waters of the football world. If you're checking us out on YouTube, and you're going to subscribe, aren't you? Yeah, of course you are. If you just like listening to us, SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts, you can also subscribe. And everybody can jump over to thecookiecast.com, check out what we've got going on over there, and uh, drop us a line. Social media, email, whatever takes your fancy. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. It is, lady. It is. It's in progress. Uh, Paul, do it. Andrew, yes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's uh, it's me doing your presenting duties again today, so that must only mean one thing. It's football talk time. Um, now, sadly, we're at that we're at the first point in the season where it's uh, a sad time if you're a Premier League football fan or a championship football fan or even certain League One teams football fan as we've hit the first international break of the season which means there's no domestic games uh, there's no no games in the Premier League or the Championship like I said certain League One games have been cancelled or postponed uh, due to international call-ups so um, this one will be a little different to ones that we've done in the past where we're going to cover Last week's results, and then we're going to do, instead of having a week of no predictions, we're going to predict how we think England will get on in their uh, upcoming two games. Uh, I say two because one of their games has been completed this evening, not to date the podcast at any uh, any point or anything, but they've uh, they've just finished playing tonight, and uh, we'll go through that result at the end of the roundup of last week's domestic fixtures. Uh, and then we'll uh, we'll use that as a basis for going into the next two England games. So obviously, as we've mentioned, we're going to discuss last week's results. So what a better place to start than, I believe, the early kickoff last week was Derby County taking on conspicuous by his absence, Mr. Mewitt's Nottingham Forest. It's almost like he knew. Um, <clears throat> I was in a text. I don't know. I don't know. What had happened, but I was going to text you boys at the weekend, because I, I just so happened to check the results, uh, which, not like me, but, you know, and I was like, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a draw fest, uh, not to not to get too far ahead. <laughs> Derby County took on Nottingham Forest, obviously we can't ask Matt how that went down, because he's not here, because he just, let's face it, he just doesn't care enough. <laughs> Do you know what? I think he, even if he was on it, he'd probably say that he, he cares very little <laughs> at the moment as uh, the team's not really doing much to keep him uh, gripped and 
in the I, fold. How how dare you? He he just decided not to turn up on the first week that his team put some points on the board. Is all. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's definitely not related. Man. Do we think? Do we think it's some sort of protest that they couldn't continue the losing streak? So he's flat <laughs> refused to be involved with this week's podcast. I'm, that, I'm, I mean, that's that's that speculation and hearsay on the uh, on the part of um, of myself, and obviously not all views by members of the Cookie Cast family can be attributed to the Cookie Cast product. But you know, well, I, I, I mean, but as an entity. Cookie Cast stands behind those views. <laughs> in solidarity with those views, Cookie Cast. He's going to watch it firmly. back, and then the next time, the next time we're all together, he's going to um, kick at least one of us square in the nuts. You see, you see, you think all of this makes it really, really weird uh, that he's not here and his team's done all of this stuff. I can see what he predicted for this game. So it just gets weirder. Uh, it was 1-1. Derby County 1. Nottingham Forest 1. Goal scorer for Derby was Lawrence. Goal scorer for Nottingham Forest was Johnson. The, the, as, as, as irritating as the lad is, the Tom Lawrence goal was a bit of a snorter as well. It was a... Nice tidy little finish. He, he sort of latched onto a ball over the top and he just pinged it straight in the bottom corner. It was a good little finish, to be fair. What, what I can tell you is that nobody got any of the goal scorers. That's what I can tell you. Paul, in his ultimate wisdom, had zero faith in either team, which has managed to net him a cheeky point. See how that works. Stu had more faith in Nottingham Forest than uh, than the scores themselves. Uh, 2-1 to Nottingham Forest, unfortunately, doesn't get you any points, Stu. And uh, no correct goal scorers. No points there either. Um, to steal from, uh, from Stu himself, in no particular order, we're going to skip Matt's prediction. Going to my prediction, now as we know, I like winning the week. I like getting all the points, as many points as I can, out of every single game. And this week is no different. 1-0 Derby County. Incorrect goal scorer. That's right, ladies and gents. Zero points for me. Uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew went with a... With a 1-1. One, one. So, two points there. As I mentioned, nobody correctly predicted any goal scorers. So, that's where the points end. So, uh, keep in mind those points as we move forward. Hull City took on AFC Bournemouth. Stew. I've had yep. to add. I've had to add an extra. Sec- I've I've taped another bit of paper to the side here to record all of the goal scorers in this game. Because wow, there was a, there was many. Well, Stew. we got we we got absolutely battered nil <clears> nil. 
don't, I don't think that's that's right, is it? Well, it, if you look at the stats on the game, it maybe will be because uh, possession was was almost sixty forty in Bournemouth's favour. They had twelve shots in the game, five of which on target. Uh, Hull, on the other hand, had three shots, and none of them were on target. So. Ultimately, I did fancy Bournemouth to do reasonably well at the beginning of the season, and after hitting a bit of a pasting <laughs> recently as well, that nil-nil against a team like that, I don't think is the worst result for Hull um, in terms of league. In in terms of score, however, I shall uh, leave that to you to divulge. So. <clears throat> With uh, with nil nil on the board, all of the <laughs> seven goal scorers that were predicted get no points, <laughs> and of the four people predicting scores, three of them predicted one team to win over the other. One man continued his putting down a, a draw streak to net himself one point. Congratulations to you, Mr. Paul Williams, on your 1-1 prediction. I will hold my hand up on this one. And as Paul pointed out, I am clearly uh, you know, not lacking a few, uh, few hamsters on the wheel today. Because uh, I, I had to check if 1-1 still got a point. But I'd already given Paul... A point for nil-nil. A little behind-the-scenes footage there for you. You know, <laughs> I like to keep you in the loop. Let's move on from my, um, you know, my mentals, as Marshawn Lynch would say. Middlesbrough took on the mighty Blackburn Rovers. Uh, this is where things get real interesting, because... We've got we've got a little snippet. We've got correct goal scores and a surprise goal scorer. So, Paul, talk me through Middlesbrough versus Blackburn Rovers. Um, I believe that it was one nil to Middlesbrough with Daniel Ayala scoring an own goal. Oh, that uh, that would be interesting. Oh no, no oh. sorry. I've, I've accidentally jumped back no. a week and I've just uh, yeah, no. given out my prediction. Oh, God, what a what a silly sausage. Um, I, no, unfortunately, it was a 1-1 draw, continuing the theme of the week, obviously. Um, Blackburn took the lead through a Sam Gallagher strike, and uh, quite a strike it was. Um, Middlesbrough equalised through a Johnny Housen lovely dinked chip. And there were no more, there were no further goals after this point. Correct, there were no further goals after this point in time. Uh, you correctly pointed out that not only did you not get the score, you did not get a goal scorer. Stu, on the other hand, correctly predicted a 1-1. Two little points right there. And that's where the scores ended, or so I thought, because tucked away over in the corner here, somebody predicted... A Gallagher goal. 
Matthew Moore Gallagher to score. So, points on the board. Obviously, as we know, this guy's the man to beat. I managed to get zero in all three games. I thank you. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I want to thank the Academy for this opportunity. I want to thank you gentlemen for indulging me. What can I say? I uh, think by this point, I think uh, William Hill should be thanking you personally if uh, anybody's taking that. It's not, it's not that, but the week. number of circuses that have called me in the last week, <laughs> trying to get me on the phone, I just... It's flattering, it really is. What does that do for the scores for the week, hey, you ask? Well, don't you worry, I'm going to tell you. Paul, after a recalculation, and that's not strictly true because I didn't write any scores down for the second game, just in case. Adding his extra point, finished the week on two. Stu, following hot on his heels, also finished the week on Matthew Moore, however, with that point in the last game, took the lead with three. And as we know, I'm all about the points. Big fat bagels for me. So congratulations, Matt. No, not only did your team manage to, uh, you know, not lose this week, you uh, you managed to win the week, and you're not even here. I can only presume he's going to be here for every single week for the rest of the season. Just just like, is it, is it going to happen again? Is it going to happen again? And it never will. So, after talking about fantastic football, Paul, I believe you're going to tell us about how uh, England got on. Yeah, so obviously this is the point of the podcast where we normally predict the upcoming fixtures for Middlesbrough, Hull and Forest. However, we can't do that until the following weekend. Um, so instead of doing no predictions, we thought we'd change it up and we'd throw in some international predictions. So England have just finished playing away in Hungary this evening where they were roundly booed for taking the knee. So, obviously, big thumbs up to Hungary for their uh, lovely stance on equality and stuff. So, well played, lads. Nice of you to be such uh, bigots and that. So that's, that's it's, to it's not their first offence, though, either, is it? Because nope. you, the only reason that they had a crowd in tonight was the fact it was a FIFA competition. Had it have been a UEFA competition, they've got a three-match uh, sort of behind-closed-doors order in, in uh, process at the moment. I had seen that one of those is suspended. However, I'm not really sure how that works. It's like, you've been really racist and you've been really bad. We want you to uh, play in front of no fans for three games, but we might let you off for one of them if you're then good again. It's just like, I don't get that. I really don't get that. Nonsense, isn't it? Absolute nonsense. But then again, UEFA are exactly known for their <laughs> outstanding moral compass and, and whatnot other. Um I believe there was a there was a situation during the Euros where um, Germany wanted to light up the outside of the Allianz Arena in rainbow colours as a sort of a stand for um, equality for homo homosexual nature. I, I can't even think of the best way to word that. I've phrased that terribly, but um, 
and and UEFA said no because they classed it as a political stance. Everyone was like, well, that's not what it is at all. But okay. Um, so instead, Manuel Neuer just decided to wear his. Uh, he, he took away his normal captain's armband, and for the entire tournament, wore his uh, rainbow-coloured captain's armband. So well played, Manuel. Good, good on you. Um, but yeah, so England have just finished playing in Hungary, where they have won four nil. Um, bit of a slow first half, to all intents and purposes, where they uh, struggled. Uh, it was nil nil at half time. Uh, I didn't see the second half, but one of the uh, one of the gentlemen on the podcast this evening did. So I'll I'll defer to you, to uh, Mr. Woodmore, if you want to fill us in on the second half where it panned out. I mean, to to put them down this evening as a second half team would be somewhat of an understatement because the, the in the first half there was there was a couple of uh, hairy moments, shall we say, where Hungary could could have had a, um, a, a go at going in front, but. England, to all intents and purposes, just kind of nullified them. And I suppose it's one of them where you might think that England should be beating Hungary. Maybe they should. But let's not forget that Hungary are, you know, they, they took points off France and Germany during the recent Euros as well. So, um, not necessarily to be completely underestimated. So then, seemingly, they went in at half time. I'm not sure if they had the hairdryer, the rocket. Maybe they just had slices of orange as uh, days of old. Um, but yeah, came out second half and absolutely smashed 4-0. So, incredible. Um, first, The first goal from Raheem Sterling. Second goal from Harry Kane. Third goal was a slabhead 50p special. Um, headed by Harry Maguire. And then uh, finished off by Declan Rice. Um I would be absolutely flabbergasted if somebody does not use like some sort of rice pudding pun in the tabloids tomorrow because that sweetened the end of the match somewhat. But um, I think for me, Sterling's goal was probably the the most well played in terms of a team effort. Um, good bit of play down the left hand side. Uh, managed Sterling stopped his run early to create some space and was picked out nicely and slotted it away in the bottom right hand corner. Harry Kane was back to his poaching self. It was basically a ball across the face of goal, and he just dived at it. Nobody would have like it's proper old school diving header, and the keeper just absolutely papped himself. So <laughs> the ball went pretty much straight through like his, his um, outstretched hands. Um, Maguire's was from a corner, um, and, and again Declan Rice's was just a just a nice move to finish off. But again, they've resumed the qualifiers after. <laughs> for the World Cup after playing the Euros tournament and they've essentially picked up where they left off carrying on I think they're now five points in front in their uh, qualification group obviously there's still a bit of a way to go but um, the, the good record in um, qualification campaigns for big tournaments seemingly is continuing under Gareth Southgate at the moment so it's all everything's looking good still happy days um yeah, like you, like you said, I'll just I'll just quickly find the table in question. So they have played four, no surprises, one four. Currently have a goal difference of plus twelve. Like you say, their closest uh, closest rival is Poland and Hungary. They were both on seven points, having played four, one two, drawn one, and lost one. Uh, both teams' losses have come against England. Um, 
But England's next game, they are going up against Andorra at home on Sunday. And they'll round out the week by travelling over to Poland to play, surprisingly enough, Poland <laughs> on Wednesday. Um, so we'll go with the Andorra game first. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've had a quick look um, at the game from tonight. I think there was a couple of players that were on yellow cards that if they got another booking would have been out of the next game. I don't think anyone that was on a card picked up a booking, but I did see that I think Rice and Sterling got booked. Yeah, Sterling got booked for taking his shirt off after he scored. Right. It's always a cheap yellow card in my book. Yeah. So that'll put them at risk if they, uh, they'll they'll now be on a booking. And if they get booked in the game against Andorra, if they play, uh, they'll be suspended for the game against Poland. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a few changes from tonight's lineup. Um when they get when they play the game in Poland uh, in uh, against Andorra on Sunday, um, so it just depends how you want to do this. I suppose. Do you uh, have, have you written your prediction down, Andy, or do you want us to go first? Or? I've I've written a prediction for both games, um, but I'm, I'm I'm more than happy for you gentlemen to give me yours. Then obviously I can okay, cross I'll, my I'll, cross I'll mine, then. <laughs> cross mine out and no. Uh, in the squad originally. Um, Southgate picked what he would class as three <coughs> strikers um, in that he picked Kane, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and a first senior call-up for Patrick Bamford. We don't, need to, we don't need to go in for who Patrick Bamford plays for currently, but we'll just discuss the fact that he's an ex-Borough player um, and we'll, we'll, we'll class him as former Middlesbrough player Patrick Bamford rather than his current employers, I think, is probably the best way to uh, to describe that. So, uh, I think Southgate is much more likely to start him in a game against a lesser opponent. No, no offense to Andorra, but they are they're definitely classed as a minnow of international football. Um, I think he's more likely to, if he's going to pick Bamford for a game, I think he's more likely to pick him for the Andorra game than the Poland game. So. I think he'll come in for Kane and start the game. And I think England will probably do the same, if not better, than they did tonight. So can you put me down for a 5-0 win? Ridiculous, I know, but whenever they seem to play against these like, these smaller teams, they always seem to start slowly. And then at about the sort of 50-60 minute mark when t- their players are tiring, which is the age-old thing of... Ooh, Part-time players, they're probably not used to playing 90 minutes each week. Then obviously the, the gaps sort of appear and the goals tend to fly in a bit more. Um, but I'll go for Bamford to get two. Um, I think he'll I think he'll make quite a few changes to keep the team fresh. Um, I don't know why he's in the squad, but he seems to like picking him. So stick me down for Lingard to get a goal. Stu rolling his eyes because I'm pretty much just doing his entire pick here. I love it. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> uh, just have a look at who was on the bench tonight who might get a game. Uh, I fancy a Jude Bellingham goal. Yeah. So we're for a Jude Bellingham goal. And then the uh, the last strike, I'll go for Mason Mount. 
Okay. Stu? I mean, if you just want to rewind it back. Could copy paste. Just put, put, me down, put me down also for a 5-0 England win. Um, I, I completely echo everything that Paul said. Um, most of the commentary in the second half when things got going tonight was all based around the fact that it might not just be a few changes, it could be an entirely different 11. Um, so I also used Paul's theory um, of looking through who the subs were and who would probably get a start tonight. And I have gone for a Patrick Bamford singular goal, however, not a double. I have gone for Jesse Lingard to score two. Um, uh, put me down for Saka, seeing as for me he was England's player of the Euros. Um, sort of seemingly came out of nowhere to the uh, the non-Premier League watcher, if you like, and um, had a really good tournament. So Saka for one. And then just for overall podcast lols, stick me down for a Jordan Henderson goal. Uh, <laughs> that's the reason why Matt Moore's not on. That's the I mean, reason he knew. He just knew you were going to pull this sort of nonsense out of the bag. So well, he was just no, I'm not having this. He, he can't be. He can't be connected with a podcast where we're throwing active support behind. We jawed. I'm not saying that I actively support him. I just think this is the sort of game where because. He has effectively stolen a living as a footballer to this point so far. He can put however many goals for England on his CV at the end, and this will be one of those games where he just notches one. And it'll look good because, like, to everybody that doesn't really know, he could have scored it against, like, Spain or, like, Italy or, you know, Germany or whoever. I mean, who's to say that all five won't come from Jordan? But um, just, just so he can really stick it to us, but... Um, yeah. I, I I would say that all five won't, won't be coming from Jordan. <laughs> He's going to need at least fourteen shots to get one anyway. So yeah, on target. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 what I've got as well. So weirdly, we yeah we both did pick five nil. Well, we to, three of us picked five nil. Obviously, I went five nil with my with my love of English football. Uh, one nil, and uh, uh, against better judgment, I went with uh, Bamford to score because you know. Uh, I've left Matt a space. He has been informed of our decision to move forward. With the we'll play the same principle that we, we we've adopted for the NFL podcast in the past, where. If he gets his picks in before the games kick off, he's active and he's in play for predictions, points, and things like that. So, if you if you're listening to this, Matt, don't know if you are. I don't know why you would be, but um, you've got until Sunday at five pm mm-hmm. to get your uh, to get your pick in. I mean, now if he has listened to this before that time, he's probably on his way down to. Uh... FA headquarters or St George's Park, wherever it is, just purely to protest about Henderson being in the squad now. <laughs> uh, oh dear. So we move forward to Wednesday next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess that it might be in 
Oh my good lord. Well, I think it said it's being played at PGE Narrow Doorway. Now, can you spell that? Can you use it in a sentence? Nope. (laughs) Here we go. Stadion Narrow Doorway. It's in Warsaw. It is the Polish National Stadium. So, makes sense. I believe Warsaw is the capital, so why not have... uh, when I have your national stadium in the capital, makes perfect sense. Uh, so yeah, so England will be travelling to Warsaw to take on Poland. Um, as I ruined Stu's pick last time, why don't I let Stu go first this time so he can ruin my pick? Uh, I mean, it might, but I think that the team against well, Poland's going to certainly be a stiffer test. You would expect than the uh, the game against Andorra. Uh, I would expect pretty much the team that played tonight to probably feature again so it's the same team that played against Hungary um, don't think it'll be like quite as straightforward so um, to borrow a little bit actually from Mr Cook's previous prediction I have gone for a Poland nil England 1 however uh, I haven't got Harry Kane to continue his streak of uh, quali- uh, scoring in qualifiers but I do have Raheem Sterling to get the goal against Poland. Nice, nice. Like it. Like it. I like what you thinking. Paul, do you want to give me yours or do you want me to tell you what I think? Why don't you give us yours and I'll finish us off? Probably should phrase that a bit there. I think that's a different podcast. It's one one we do after dark. That's the that's the cookie cast after dark post, uh, podcast section. It is, and it's uh, it's on our OnlyFans page, which you can find <laughs> at OnlyFans dot. Um, I like what Stu's throwing. No surprises. I've gone with a one nil. Um, the only thing, the only difference really is I have gone with Kane to score. Very nice, very nice. Um, I think there'll be a few more goals in this one. But I think the, uh, the goals will be shared around. So I have gone for Poland 1, England 2. Classic. Um, I have a friend who has a Polish wife. She's very lovely. And uh, her favourite player of all time is Robert Lewandowski. So of course... He will be my pick to get the Poland goal. Um, and for the England goals, I'll go for a goal each from Kane and Sterling, please. How, how did you come up with that, Paul? Um, generally, what I did was picked the players who score goals. Ah, okay. I didn't know if, if there was any other influence on, on your picks there. Matt, you know uh, you know the, you know the deal now. If you want to get us your your predictions before kickoff, they'll go in the book. Otherwise, you get to watch us get I don't know bragging rights or something. All the points. All the points. There you go, Stu. I mean, I think we know where all the points are going. <laughs> for it, uh, I'm a magnet for points. So, that's all the uh, predicting out of the way. Um, been doing things a little bit of a, 
of a different way around this season. Uh, and the news tends to come later in the podcast. Uh, any news this week? Anything been happening well, in the world of the, football? Yes, most certainly has. So the transfer window slammed shut at 11pm on Tuesday evening. Um, so this was the last chance for teams to boost their ranks between uh, until the start of January. So there were a couple of moves affecting our teams. However, we'll come to that in a second because a couple of weeks ago we, we had a conversation about arguably the greatest player of all time leaving Barcelona. Obviously not wanting to be outdone by his arch-nemesis, uh, Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo was obviously like, Messi's getting some headlines here and he's, he's with, his, with his transfer. Should I, should I maybe angle for a move? Get, my, get, get some news about myself? Yeah, let's, 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 let's do that. So... There, uh, there, came, uh, the, there was rumblings that started that apparently Manchester City had agreed a deal or had uh, certainly opened talks with Juventus for the, uh, the transfer. This was obviously met with incredible frustration and anger by Man United fans claiming that he was the biggest Judas ever because, you know, transfer rumours, as soon as they hit uh, instantaneous gospel, so um, there was there was a couple of videos that went on uh, on 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 the internet of, of people burning their uh, Ronaldo seven Man United shirts, um, which, given the team that he actually ended up at, was incredibly hilarious. So um, yeah, so initial talks with Man City uh, went through, and it looked like that deal was going to be on at one point, uh, and then it came out that uh, Man City had pulled out of the deal. Um, I think there was some. There were some small rumours that PSG were looking to bring him in to pair him with Messi. Um, that sort of came and went fairly quickly. Um, and then it happened. Man United stepped into the breach and decided, let's bring him home, apparently. I mean, ah, that famous Portuguese club, Manchester. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was going to say, I, I'm, I'd, I'd forgotten the point where he, uh, you know, came through the United famed academy in Lisbon. He did fame academy. Yeah, yeah. He was with. Uh, he was. Oh, he was. He was like Leroy from Fame and that. <laughs> um, but there's, there's all sorts of stuff though, like doing the rounds in there about the rumours of like. Like the whole thing with Man City was a bit of a ruse just to get Man United interested again because this Absolutely. has been sort of bubbling away. There's been this whole thing about there was a phone call from Sir Alex, you know, the guy who's not been in charge of the football club but kind of secretly still in charge of the football club, like some godfather type character that's pulling the puppeteering strings. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's bizarre. The, the thing that the thing that got me about it was the fact that if if let's play devil's advocate and he, he went to Man City. There is absolutely no way that Man City would, and, and I use the, the word only lightly, but would only be paying twelve point nine million for him. Like they they would have gone, oh oh, it's Man City. Um, I was about fifty at least. 
I reckon. But because it's uh, how the hell it, they've worked it out. But I know it's it's twelve point nine million initially with add-ons, <laughs> which then could be another nearly seven million. So, but for a, think, for a, it, it's got to be an age factor, and that's the only thing because everything else points like. Do you know? Do you know what? Drop. I honestly don't. I don't even think it is an age factor. I think the main thing for Juve was getting his wages off the books. That was all they cared about was was just getting rid of his wage demands and stuff like that. Because I think. I'm sure someone said that he's he's taken a wage cut to rejoin United, so he'd agreed to obviously like rip up his contract with UV or just agree this new deal with United. And he's taken a, he's taken a rather rather significant pay cut. But again, for a player like him, for a player like Messi, he, he could get paid twelve p a week, and it's not going to affect his bottom line because the sponsorship deals that he'll have outside of the club will be astronomical. Um, yeah, I think I think I think that was the main reason for them. They they weren't even bothered about the transfer fee. It was it was all about them balancing their books and just getting his his, his ridiculously high wages off their wage bill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was I I fully buy into this. United didn't even want him. They basically signed him so that City didn't get him, like an ego thing, like you said. Um, and I think it's—I I still think it's a—it's probably a good signing because at the end of the day, he is arguably one of, if not the greatest footballer to have ever played the game. He's obviously still in fantastic nick. He's—he's thirty-six, but he scored—he scored two injury time goals to win the game for Portugal last night against the Republic of Ireland. Two, like both were both were like headers in the box where he was a good foot to two feet above yeah. the nearest defender when he leapt. He's he's an absolute machine. He just is <laughs> his diet and exercise regime must be the most boring thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like he must he must literally have eaten the same thing at the same time each day for the past fifteen years at least to like to be in the shape that he's in. But like, like he's got one of those like genetic freaks. Not like not like. Scott Steiner from the uh, wrestling podcast. He is the he is the original genetic freak, um, but he's he's like he's like body fat content would be like four percent or something. Like that. He, he, there's absolutely nothing on him. He's absolutely like he's chiselled out of stone. He's almost the minus figure, surely. But um, well, yeah, I, I won't be surprised if he's a negative body fat percentage. If he if he's if he's short, he can take a few off me. To be fair, if if uh, and and if he's not in negative figures, it'll be less than whatever Messi is, just because. But I mean, but, Messi, um, whilst Messi's in great shape, he's never been like a ripped sort of. I mean, you don't really see it as much because he doesn't take off his shirt as much as Ronaldo does. But I'd, like. You would never sort of think Messi sort of like I was going to say bodybuilder type, but that's not what I mean. Like sort of, I, I don't really know how to explain it. Like you, the guys who sort of go to like pose downs and stuff like that, who are just like cut and ripped and stuff like that. But yeah, whilst, just, whilst Paul seems to have uh, swayed onto dreams of Ronaldo taking his shirt off, I don't want to gloss over too much the the fact that you mentioned the Portugal game last night. And those two goals now is is the highest ever goal scorer for international football. Was he on 111 goals in international football? Yeah, so he was he was tied with an Iranian called Ali D or Ali Daya because there's it, it's always a, it's always I've always found it funny because 
the all-time international goal scorer in men's football. I do have to point out it's men's football. Um, has a similar name to a guy who is infamous for conning Graham Sunet into letting him play 20 minutes for Southampton in the Premier League when his only his only football experience was that he played like in Blythe's Academy or something like that. He was he was sort of swimming around the North East for a time or something like that. Um, and I think his name was Ali Dai. Um But yeah, he's, he's now surpassed uh, Ali Dia, uh, the Iranian striker had 109 goals. Ronaldo equaled his tally at the Euros, um, but sadly got knocked out before he could increase the tally. He's since done it in the first available international yeah. fixture since then. So, yeah, so he's on 111 goals. Um, he's basically going to set a mark that's probably unlikely to be passed at any point now. Well, certainly in our lifetime. So I, I saw some of the uh, post-match interviews with the Republic of Ireland uh, squad and manager last night. And... I don't really think there was more than one question about their own performance. They were all asked about Ronaldo. Like, we were one nil up. We've just lost two one in the last like minute of the game or last like ten minutes of the game, whatever. Pretty much, we don't need this. Like, why are you asking us about him? Like, just leave us alone. But they were all very professional and very nice. And uh, compliments were flooding. Obviously, it must be absolutely gutted for the Iron Island players because obviously they've hung on for the best part of ninety minutes to get what would have been a famous win. And, and not only that, it would have been really helpful towards their World Cup like, qualification hopes. Um, it would have put them right back in contention in that group. Um, one thing that I did miss out of the fact that he, he had a chance to, to take the record earlier in the game and he, uh, he had his penalty saved by uh, the 19-year-old Irish keeper who'd only played, I think it was his second cap. So he managed to keep that clean sheet, and and he and he can say that he was the keeper that stopped Ronaldo breaking the record. He'd have had a story to uh, you know dine out on for the rest of his life. Oh, man, sadly, I, I don't know if you saw the circumstances surrounding that penalty, but that was football shithousery at its absolute <laughs> finest. There was all sorts of like delaying tactics going on by the Irish. Like the Irish side were full on like. Rick Flair mode, for want of a better expression, <laughs> last night when that when that penalty got given, every like the whole team came together as one, not to play as a team, just to try and delay the penalty. <laughs> Seems about right. So yeah, so that, that's that's the big that's the big sort of transfer news. I mean, we can go into individual teams like so Borough, Hull, Forest, if I can find it. Um, did Hull make any signings or have any departures on transfer deadline day? The they they sent um, they sent a young lad to Scunthorpe. I mean, not because he's like misbehaved or anything. Just you know, he's going to get some first team experience. Um, but like Hull, obviously I'll refer to them occasionally as City. But Hull can't actually make any signings at the moment. Ah, um, Hull are part of this thing where during. Covid times, they took a loan from the football league, so they are now unbongoed from um, partaking in any transfers. So they can they can deal in the loan market, and they can deal if they get a player in on a free. Uh, but part of the terms of the loan are they can't actually spend money on transfer fees until the loan is paid back. Which well played EFL because you've obviously dealt with the alums before, <laughs> um, so <laughs> on numerous occasions. Um, and uh, 
obviously that rule doesn't just apply to Hull, it will apply to any team that have taken this loan, but um, it, it's a sensible way to do it. So it, it kind of ties the hands a little bit, but it, for me, as the Hull fan, also gives the Alums an excuse to say, well, we couldn't do it, as opposed to, well, we just didn't do it, because <laughs> that's probably what, what the case would have been otherwise. But yeah, um, I can't. The kid's name's escaping me now, and it's probably because I stayed up stupidly to watch the end of the transfer window earlier this week and saw it on the screen about a hundred times. Now I can't even think of his name. It, obviously, it wasn't um, uh, somebody who um, plays for the first team regularly. I want to. I want to say it was called Harry. But I can't remember his name. They missed. They didn't miss out on a player. Um, They've been. They were after a midfielder from Sheffield United on loan called Regan Slater. Um, that seemingly fell through um, on on deadline day. Um, they were after shipping out Tom Eaves as well to um, a League One side, but I don't think that went through in the end either. I'm not too sure. But trying to uh, bid him off back to Gillingham with it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they'd just be happy to bin him off anywhere we go at the moment, I think. Um, sadly, for, sadly for Mr Eves, I've never seen that one, personally. When when they, when they signed him, he looked like he was a bit lost. Um, he, he, they've shown flashes, but he was never consistent. And that, that's, uh, you know, his, his biggest downfall. If he could have actually strung, like, a few games, or, you know, maybe a, a goal every other game for, like, eight games or so, he'd probably have got a decent run in the side, but... He, he never looked sharp to me. Um, he, he didn't come. He didn't have that uh, that level. So um, I, was, I, I don't know if he sort of because he, he was quite a tall lad. Wasn't he? he was like a six six foot plus fellow, wasn't he? Right. So I don't know if he was if he was either might make maybe in the team like you'd imagine he'd be in the team as a target man. Yeah, maybe he was more. Maybe he was more of the type of the player where you, like you sort of play into him for him to sort of bring the ball down and lay it off to the guys in behind. Mm-hmm. to sort of like score the goals and so on. I don't know if that ever really sort of played into his hands and so on because I think they obviously signed him off the back I think they got him from Gillingham didn't they I think they must have obviously they must have seen something when he was at Gillingham off the off the back of that that, that, that tempted them to sign him and so on but, but then yeah. they, they, you know having having won League One last season and him, him not getting a run in that side he was probably never going to be um, top of the bill for um, sort of sticking around too much anyway in, in the championship. Um, the kid, the kid who went to Scunthorpe was called Harry Wood. Okay, so I knew it was called Harry. I just couldn't think of his surname. But um, yeah. but yeah, the midfielder. So he's he's gone. He's gone for some experience. But um, I I get the impression that it is it is for that and not to kind of shift him on. I think he'll be one to come back and and then try and stake a claim after that. Fair enough. Well, Borough were quite busy. In the uh, on on deadline day and in the uh, the few days before then, um, so the first player they brought in was a winger uh, from non-league team Billericay Town. Um, now this is this is one that I'm gonna have to uh, after we finish recording, I'm gonna have to bound upstairs and uh re- relay the name the, the name to my uh, my good lady up there as uh, she enjoys the names of the footballers that have got a little bit of an exotic name. um so Burroughs' new winger is Toyosi Olusanya bless you 
Thank you. Um, he uh, he signed a week, about a week or so ago. He did actually come on in the game against Blackburn, and there was a section. There was a bit where he uh, he picked up the ball in the Borough half and was driving to get into the Blackburn half. Um, and one of the Blackburn players was basically tracking him and just pulling his shirt back all the way. And then obviously he's managed, the, the referee's blown for the free kick to the for, to the Borough and basically he's just waiting until the guy's like sort of like falling on the ground and then he, as he stands up he just basically sort of picks him up and just shoves him back down to the ground and uh, he ended up getting booked for it and I was just like surely the ref's got to use a bit of common sense there and, and, and book both of them well I think he might have booked the Blackburn player as well but like some some of the other some of the other Blackburn players were sort of like coming steaming in and saying what are you doing that for and it's like he's basically just dragged the fucker from like the best part of 20, 30 yards when he's like trying to sort of like he's basically trying to swap shirts with him in the middle of the game. Of course, you're going to be pissed off if this kid like won't let you go because like, that's that's the that's the one thing he's got is his pace. And so I'm assuming that's why he's been signed because he's an exciting sort of pacey forward. Um, but yeah, he looks like uh, he's by no means a sort of like the finished article, but he's one sort of to being around the, the first team and stuff like that, so we'll see how he gets on. I, I was chuckling um, when you announced that one, because I saw the look of fear on Andy's face when he realised that we're all picking him for goal scorer next week. <laughs> yeah, all I could think was, ah, oh, jeez. I, I, I hope he, he never scores. Of, <laughs> well, I think he just, like, I'll have to check it on, on, on the socials, but I think he just goes by Big T or T-Man or something like that. Okay. So... Um, so if if I uh, he goes I'll, by I'll Mister T, right brilliant. Oh, can you imagine? But yeah, um, sadly there was a there was a departure from the uh, the striking ranks, uh, and um, sadly lads for the for the for the next uh, for the upcoming season or the remainder of the season. Sorry, we won't be able to pick Chubber to score anymore. I mean, he's what? departed. Departed on a season-long loan back to PAOK in Greece. Sounds so, a bit average to me. Um, unfortunately, he uh, oh, too. That's bad. That's so bad. So bad, Stuart. Yeah, he's um, Neil Warnock. Kind of shafted him a bit, really, because when he came in, he was adamant that that was the guy that he, he, that was his number one target for the uh, over the course of the summer last year. He was really happy when he got his man and then scored in his first two games. Then he went off the boil a bit. Towards the end of last season, Warnock came out and did an interview saying that he was the last player that he'd ever signed off the back of not seeing him in person and that he was going off um, like YouTube clips and videos that the, uh, the scouting team had put together for him and stuff like that. And then he just continued to just throw him under the bus, basically, and said... Oh yeah, we're probably going to send him out on loan because every time he's come onto the pitch, he's not really done it for us, has he? And so that, and he was probably just like absolutely slating him. It was like you can't, you can't manage a team like that. And it's it's as a lot of fans are starting to become a little bit disillusioned with Warnock and they're thinking that some of his some of his methods are a little bit dated, which is understandable for a seventy-plus-year-old manager. But, uh, it just. Just uh, as an aside, if I was to look for uh, next next manager firing on Sky, uh, where would I look for that? Just, just you know what? asking we, for we, a friend. I'm sure we've done this live on the podcast where we tried to find it, and for some reason Skybet don't offer it. 
for the Championship. They do it for the Premier League, I think, but they don't do it for the Championship. Any but, idea who might do it for the Championship? <laughs> Paddy Power, maybe. But oh, I mean, oh, okay. if, just, just if you're tempted, Andy, maybe maybe save for a week when uh, when Mr Moore's back on the podcast, because he'll be clamouring for Chris Hewton to be that first player. Oh, I've, I've, already, I've already got money on that one, don't you worry. Oh, yeah. um, um, so, sadly... Uh, farewell to uh, Chubber. He's he's gone for the season. Um, and as we know, we to... we all hate it when a Chubber goes. Sad times, sad times when that Chubber disappears. Um, uh, the next player that was brought in was another winger, another forward player. Uh, they signed um, Cuban footballer Onal Hernandez. Was signed on loan from Norwich until the end of the season. Um, the one time that I've taken Amy to a game was Norwich at Middlesbrough. Well, I said to him, she bought the tickets for me, which was which was lovely. Um, it was against Norwich, and he did score the winner for Norwich. So let's hope he can score plenty more goals at the Riverside for the Borough this time. Um, we then move into deadline day itself. Uh, the first bit of business was moving a striker out on loan. So young lad called it by the name of Stephen Walker has moved to Tranmere alone until the end of the season um, so one striker out they brought another striker in um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Andras Spora or Spora let's hope he's a good Spora or Skora of goals he is a Slovenian international who has just joined on loan from Portuguese champion Sporting Lisbon so Fingers crossed he'll do the business. Up top with uh, Uche. Um, another guy leaving was uh, defender Nathan Wood, who was moved to Hibernian on loan. He played a couple of games for the first team last season. He's he's only young. He's, I think he's only 20 or so, but he's um, he's there or thereabouts on the uh, cusp of the first team, so it'd be good for him to go out and get some first team experience in, the, in a higher league. Mm. Um, there was one more incoming uh, which was a midfielder, Cameroonian midfielder by the name of James Lee Saliki. Um, and the way they announced it on Twitter was they found a tweet by JLS, the band, <laughs> from back in, I think it was 2012 or 2013, when they said they were heading back to the borough or heading off to the borough. Uh, and they were like, oh, Looks like JLS is making its way back to the borough. And then they announced the sign of this uh, Cameroonian footballer. So, uh, he has come in, James Lee Saliki. Um, on his way out um, was Sam Morsey, who's left to join Ipswich on a permanent deal. That one came out of uh, a bit of left field because he was quite well liked in the uh, in the fraternity, the borough fraternity. He was... Uh, Quite a decent one. I was quite surprised that they let him go, really, because he was the only sort of hard man, sort of tough tackling midfield that they had in the team, really. So I imagine it's, I imagine they've brought in this James Lee Saliki to sort of replace him. But we'll see what happens with it. Um, two more to go for uh, outgoings. Uh, a youngster by the name of Hayden Hackney has moved to Scunthorpe to play alongside Stu's mate that's left Hull. Um, so he's gone for the rest of the season 
And then the final move was one that came out within the last sort of hour of the window. It was a bit of a, another one that came out of left field uh, and actually involves another team on this podcast. But he's not here to discuss it. So Nottingham Forest made a move for the Middlesbrough right back slash right winger, Jed Spence. So he's moved to Nottingham Forest on loan until the end of the season. Yeah, like I said, that was a that was a strange one for me because didn't really see because he's, he's played uh, two of the four games that they've had so far this season. So yeah, a little bit surprising that he was um, moved on for me. But good luck to him. There was no um, there was no clause in the loan agreement for it to be made permanent at any point by Nottingham Forest. So the, I imagine it'll be a case of. He will come back at the end of the loan um, and he'll be uh, brought back into the fold, things like that. Um, I am now just having a look on the Forest website to have a look at their deadline day business. So they we'll go with this, some of the outgoings first. So they sold defender Jordan Gabriel to Blackpool. Um, moved Harry Arter to Charlton on a season-long loan. And Nuno de Costa has moved to Cannes in France. Uh, I believe that's it for outgoings. But let's have a quick look. So they've signed a couple of players on loan. Let's have a look. So... Delighted to confirm the signing of Paraguayan central midfielder. Oh my god, Brian spelt really weird, or like brain spelt really strange. Ojeda, the 21 year old, joins the Reds from Paraguay Primera Division side Olympia on a four year deal. So that's a permanent signing. Um, Ojeda, uh, the Reds have also signed fullback Mohamed Drager from Olympiacos on a permanent deal. Now, that's probably a little bit suspect because uh, Olympiacos is the owner of my, uh, of Nottingham Forest's other team. So that could be a sort of, oh yeah, he signed for an undisclosed fee. Undisclosed meaning we didn't sign him for any fee. We're just going to say that we paid like £8 million if we need to uh, get creative with the books. Let's put that one. According, according to the Nottingham Post, they also picked up another defender on a free as well. Uh, by the name of Rodrigo Eli, or Ellie, I'm assuming uh, it's yes, Eli. I've seen that one. Um, that's only on a season, on, on a, a one-year deal, though, as well. So it, it, it seems strange, I guess. 27-year-old centre-back, and it says he's put pen to paper on a deal with the Reds until the end of the 21-22 season. So obviously that, that maybe feels a bit more like a, a cover signing and see how he works out at the end of the year. Yeah, probably. Um, another one that I saw they brought in was a striker from West Ham by the name of Zande Silva. Uh, from West Ham. Hammers in 2018 for a deal reported to be in excess of £3 million. That was when he signed for West Ham. Um, signed on a two-year deal. Becomes the Reds' eighth signing of the summer transfer window. So, that's, that's your... Uh, that's your that's your transfer deadline day roundup, basically. I think it's safe to say that it feels like Forest were much the busier side on the final day. Yeah, I mean, we we all, like I say, we only brought in those two. Um, 
and then moved a couple out. The the Spence one was very surprising to me, but um, there's been question marks over whether Warnock fancies him because he clearly didn't like him as a as a, a wing back. Um, maybe it was his he had to work on his defensive side. He was obviously very good going forward with the ball, but maybe not as disciplined. Excuse me, maybe not as disciplined as Warnock likes his uh, his right side to be. So I imagine that's why he's been moved on. At least, at least we'll still be able to cover his uh, his games for the podcast. So I'll be able to keep a a googly eye on him for the year uh, for the coming season. See how we get some. He's only young, so. Well, it gives you an instant goal scorer pick for when you guys play each other, doesn't it? Well, or, or does it though? Because ter- the terms of his deal will probably be that he won't be able to play. Uh, yeah, it's a loan deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, maybe not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, lots of movers and shakers. Um, any other news from the world of football? If there's no other news, that brings us to any other business. With lots of shaking, with lots of shaking heads, I'm going to go ahead and say that there's probably nothing else. So, join us next time when we find out how England managed to do, and we get back to talking regular football. Normal football. Proper. Properer. That's right. <laughs> uh, Matt, you were sorely missed. Uh, we we look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, but thank you to you two gentlemen for taking me and these wonderful people through the sometimes choppy waters of the football world. Until next time, I'm going to say bye to you boys, bye to these people, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another week of games in the book, uh, both historically and the little book that I write in. Checking us out on either SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, or anywhere that you get your podcasts, whether it's audio, video, or smoke signal, do subscribe. It's a big help to us, and we really appreciate it. Cookiecast.com is where you can get all your social media links and your email links. Drop us a line, tell us how you're getting on. So that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Bye.